Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My talkers, thanks for hanging out with us on this Eve before Christmas Eve, right, Lori? That's what it is—the Eve before Christmas Eve. Christmas the Eve, night before Eve. the night. Christmas I call it Christmas Eve. 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 I love it. I love Christmas Eve, Eve. Eve. It's fun. So, hanging out with us today, and thanks for joining us. Yes, yeah. and my goodness, we were so like you and I were just generally shocked when we saw that Joan Didion had passed away at the age of eighty-seven, and just a legendary writer. And this is a big. Loss for writers this week, yeah. Julia, because Eve Babbitt's died over the weekend, and she was a Hollywood muse and legend and a writer. And like Joan Didion, not not as well known as Joan Didion, but um, real keen observer of the scene, if yeah. you will. And Joan Didion, of course, just an amazing writer. And um, her her she leaves her nephew Griffin and his family. That's the only people that survived. Her Griffin is the actor and director son of Joan's late brother-in-law, Dominic Dunn. Who we grew up with reading. Reading. And Joan Didion at 87. I mean, she wrote uh, amazing, amazing books. And and she really, um, not only was she a novelist and a writer and a journalist, but, you know, she also was... um, You know, did movies. Well, tell everyone what she wrote and everything. So, like... um, uh, she and her husband uh, updated the screenplay for the after the first draft of 1976, The Star is Born. Mm-hmm. She and her husband updated it. Uh, and of course, that's the one with Barbara Streisand. And, and Chris um, mm-hmm. That's right. And then she collaborated with her husband to adapt his novel, True Confessions. And that starred Robert De Niro. That was back in 81. And it was partially based on the Black Dahlia murder case. Yes, yes. And then she, they also, she and her husband collaborated on the screenplay for the Al Pacino, The Panic in Needle Park, and on the screenplay for the movie Up Close and Personal, which was based on the news story of Jessica Savage. Yeah, but that's with Robert Redford and uh, yep. Blondie. What's her name? Yep. Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda, wasn't she in it? No, no it wasn't Michelle Jane? Pfeiffer. Oh, yeah, okay, that's who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later in life, um, after her husband died, she wrote The Year of Magical Thinking, and it was 2003. It was the same year that my mom lost her husband, and I remember buying and giving her that book because it's a memoir of grief that is just so profound and so I've never incredible. Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible. They did make it be a stage thing with Vanessa Redgrave, but, um, 
like one of the amazing things and 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 basically you know one of the the, the whole thing was that it's a, the first year when you lose someone it is a year of magical thinking there's so much magical thinking going on pretending kind of like that yeah, like uh, the first year one of my nephews died, I pretended he was he was still he was stationed overseas in the sure. army. Yep, that okay. was my magical thinking of trying to keep that grief at bay. But and she of, had a line, Lori. Um, well, one of oh. her lines was, "Grief turns out to be a place none of us know until we reach it." Right. Which is totally. But she's just like, you know, another one of her famous quotes from another book, which I think was was where I was from. There's no real way to deal with everything we lose. She's just a profound, yeah. but could very simply, she was just kind of, um, you know, a observer of the scene mm-hmm. and just a, an incredible, incredible writer. And I, I guess she had Parkinson's and yeah. she'd been, uh, Roger Friedman reported that she had been not out and about, but like, you know, she like she and her husband were just like amazing people very talented and so she died uh, and there was today. a ton of grief if you think of um dominic's family you know his oh, son died early her nephew which would have been her other nephew that's right. her daughter died at 31 joan didion's did so mm-hmm. she experienced some, some good tragedy with younger people yeah you know what i mean and she wrote novels you know slouching towards bethlehem is one um i think her first book was run river um, but she's just, uh, she started writing, um, like for the Saturday Evening Post and New York Time Magazine doing es- essays and okay. stuff like that. So, um, and a lot of her books sometimes were essays, but that was a, if you know someone who's, you know, entered grief, you know, that book, The Year of Magical Thinking is, is, was a really good book and very comforting right, book. Right. Right. Okay. To, to read because she just could say exactly and like sometimes people when you when you've lost somebody Mm -hmm. people say they don't mean to but they just say no one knows what to say and they they, say dumb stuff yeah they just say very insensitive things Mm -hmm. instead of like and and when all else fails just say you're sorry right and, I'm and, so you know, the terribly people sorry. Don't want to say, well, it was their time. Or Our, some of that the angel, that, the God needed another angel. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. She had another line, Lori, that they say, which was one of another one of her best line, line along the same mm-hmm. thing, and it was, "We tell ourselves stories in order to live." So, kind of what you're yeah, that makes me yeah. have tears come to my eyes. I know. And Eve Babbitt, you know, she was a character and a half. We had the woman on who wrote a book about mm-hmm. Eve Babbitt, and how she was not um, really given her credit or given her due because she started out as sort of a groupie at the Troubadour and she played chess with Marcel Duchamp naked. Remember? What an exciting way to play chess. Right, right. Um, but she wrote uh, a lot of groundbreaking articles for the Ro- Rolling Stone and right. Movie Line. She did write a couple other books. She dated Harrison Ford and Warren Beatty. And Jim Morrison, and she was just kind of a wild child, but she got profiled in Vanity Fair, and then a lot of people started discovering her book. She was 78, and she she uh, passed away of Huntington disease last weekend. I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's a bad one. I've it's a never... degenerative disease. Oh, gosh, I've never even heard of that one. Okay. Yeah, it's a degenerative disease, mm. and there's no cure for it, but... um 
Um, anyway, she was really a character, and I don't know if you remember that Eve Babbitt's book. Oh, yeah, the, I totally do, Yes. And we were like, God, she really had quite a life. I mean, she, uh, yeah, she was a character, mm-hmm. a cat and a half. So mm-hmm. anyway, Holly posted a, a Vogue interview with Joan Didion from 1979. That's worth nice. a read. Uh, worth a read if you're a fan of uh, of Joan Didion. All right, we come back. Time for random thoughts. Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. All right. So here's some random randomness. It's um, No Way Home. The new Spider-Man movie is on its path path to being a billion dollar movie. Wow. Right. Yeah. That's good news for the movie theaters. It is great news for the movie theaters. It's already hit 750 million worldwide. And it's got a whole weekend. It's it's only been out for a week. Yeah. It's crazy. No, I know it. So, you know, a lot of people go to the movies between holidays, Christmas and New Year's. So that's happening. This weekend Um, and next weekend, the movie theaters, I'm sure, are expecting to do huge business. And they are so glad that that Spider-Man is out. Oh, no kidding. Mm -hmm. No kidding. Here's a little uh, Christmas trivia that I'm going to ask you guys, okay? Um, let's see here. Ready and waiting. All right. What is the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time? Oh, Home, Home Alone. Alone. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. All right, yeah. you guys. All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, okay. How do you say Merry Christmas in Spanish, Lori? Feliz Navidad. <laughs> <laughs> How do you say it in Hawaii? Hawaii. Melikilikimaka is the place for me. On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. I love that. That one's never played. Oh, I love that. That one is not in our station, but it's in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and I know that song by by heart because of that movie. Well, I lived in Hawaii for 15 months. And did and you learn it? I, well, I just loved Lanai. I, I, I love to say Mele Kalikimaka. Yeah. I love to say Lanai uh-huh. instead of a balcony. It's always right. a Lanai. Right. And I kind of have stuck. That one's just Poo-poo's stuck. for Poo-poo's appetizers. Poo-poo's are appetizers. Mm-hmm. Howley's are the white folks. Yeah. That used to be the name. Um, mm-hmm. But Mele Kalikimaka is the place for me. me? I like it. I yeah. like to say it. Okay. In the movie Elf, what was the first rule of the Code of Elves? Ooh, this is your movie. Don't you do this with your brother all the time? Yeah, but mm-hmm. I do this. Sugar I mean, all the time? I don't know. I don't Close. Know. Treat every day like it's Christmas. Yeah, that's Oh, true. there you mm-hmm. go. You know what movie? Okay, here's one, one more. The, what is the best-selling Christmas song ever? Well, I think it's changed. I think it might be Miss well, Mariah Carey yeah. lately. Yeah. But back in the day, for many, many years, it was White Christmas, yeah. and it was the first one mm-hmm. by Bing Crosby. Yeah. And then, um, oh. I should be doing better at this because I feel like Donna used all this this morning. Oh, had this quiz. Did she have this quiz? Because it's not from the machine. I know, but I think I I was taking the quiz along with her while I was driving around. What the hell? But obviously, I didn't pay attention to the answer. I'm going to save the rest of them for tomorrow's Christmas quiz. We're not working tomorrow. No, at our house. Oh, okay. For a little, you know, who knows? Who knows yeah. what could happen? So, um, Lori and I got into talking about... Oh, here we go. Here's your sign. Christmas to you. Who's, is that Dean Martin? That's Bing Crosby. Oh, Bing Crosby. There we go. Okay, so um, the woman that um, I had my hair done by today, Kelly Blonde, mm-hmm. she was telling me all the rage this year is these LOL dolls. LOL dolls. Have you heard of them? No. Okay, well, they're YouTube dolls. 
So, like, you don't even know what you're buying when you buy the LOL doll. Who, who, who is it for? Kid, like kids, kids, little okay. girls. Okay. Or boys, whoever likes to, anyone. Yeah. Um, but so they're called LOL surprise dolls. And she's like, you don't even know what you're buying. But everyone just wants them because they're on YouTube. So I was just getting into this funny conversation. So the LOL dolls are all the oh, rage. I've seen these at Target. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If you want to see them. But you and I, Lori, were talking about the Carrie Diaries. And some other TV shows and things like that. But if you um, are looking for something delightful to watch along the Carrie Diaries, the CW, the Younger is a show you could binge. Mm-hmm. We about book publishing mm-hmm. and about a woman who couldn't get a job, so she pretended she was just right out of college. So she was pretending she was 15 years younger than she was. Yeah. And it's with the cute gal. Sutton Foster, Foster and Hillary D- Duffer in it. Duffer. Oh, yeah. I've never finished it. Have you finished the last season, Laurie? Because no. it's on and it had an end. It did. So have that an would end. be, and it's a half hour. That's a fun show for people if you're looking for something different. I'm trying to give people ideas. The other one is um, The Path on Hulu, which is kind of about Scientology. Both of you and I miss that, mm-hmm. but apparently it's very good. Um, this Saturday, if you're wondering what to do at 8 o'clock on Christmas Chris- Eve. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Natalie Wood is being profiled, Lori, by Aaron Moriarty in 48 hours. Oh, really? It's called Death in the Dark. Mm. Um, that seems like a grim thing to it run It reveals on new clues. Day. I only brought it up for you. Okay. That they're doing something again. They are not letting letting this case die. Well, new Julia. clues, new witnesses. Oh dear. New stories. And what channel is this on? It's on Aaron Moriarty. Where is forty? It's that's is that forty hours? He's that just doesn't seem like Christmas Day programming. No, to me. Natalie Wood. <laughs> Seems like Death Christmas in the dark water. Like the day after Christmas. Yeah. Or, it does. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like Christmas Day programming. I know. I predict low numbers. All right, fine. I only bring it up for you. Another one is a book that you and I had on from an author in Wisconsin, and it's called Mixtape. And it was a great book, but is on Netflix right now. It is? Yes, and it kind of premiered quietly, but it's such a great book about a young girl finding her parents' mixtape. And it is... Piecing together their story. Yes, piecing together. music. Yeah. And it's called, and it's so that's and on, a guy wrote that. Yeah, I, I remember know a guy wrote that. We were so enchanted with that. Yes, book. we were. Okay, so that's another one. How'd you find that one out? Um, I saw previews for it on something, and also Harlem on Amazon is just to me everything. I love these women. I love them. Yeah. That is just a great, great show if people are looking. Love I'm, is a mixtape, Rob Sheffield. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. That was a great book. Yeah, it, was. it was a great book. I also finished Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP podcast.com hi everybody this is adriana trajani i'm the host of you are what you read i have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now we get everybody from sarah jessica parker to Kristen hannah mitch album Susie essman craig ferguson 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, how was it? Loved. 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 Yeah. They did a great job of setting up what could be and will be a new character in marvel i think right but i don't even know and i don't know the marvel stuff and i just liked it for via from my from my yeah you don't need to know she's good Lori fantasy island that started with a bang for us that fizzled out yeah Yeah. do you guys still watch it no do you i yeah i didn't we both it fizzled it fizzled it's finales tonight fantasy island Mm -hmm. i don't think we totally come back no no we totally were into that for the first two and then it quit Mm mm-hmm why did we quit? Because, I don't know, it didn't have the razzle-dazzle. I don't know, it was something wasn't happening. Give me the razzle-dazzle. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. And then the other things that are happening are, um, <clears throat> you know, we are kind of obsessed with Real Housewaves of Salt Lake City. Yeah, we've got an epic uh, clip to play when we come <laughs> back uh, from mm-hmm. the break. Uh, Heather Dubrow giving us oh, an iconic Oh, that's the Orange moment. County. Orange County, yeah. Yeah. What but, are you talking about? But from Salt Lake City, so this just happened. A billionaire thought to be the richest man in Utah has just left the Mormon church and donated 600000 to an LGBT group. He resigned in a 900-word letter accusing the church of hindering the process of civil rights and taking advantage of its members. So we see this play out. Lewis on Salt Lake City. We do see that. Heather this. talked to her brother, and yeah. he's like, I can't believe I was in that cult. He said, Joseph Smith, you know, and he had like, they are not encouraged like uh, to be looking up any history about Joseph Smith who started the Church of Mormon. And he left and this man was a Mormon for years Years. and he calls into question the more than a hundred billion dollars in assets the church has amassed Mm -hmm. to build shopping malls and temples. I say Scientology, someone big is going to leave and then let's see what happens again after Leah you know, has left. I feel like another big thing is going to happen to them. Yeah, and they don't pay taxes. I know. I know. Anyone wants to get their undies in a bundle of anything. All right. There you go. Well, uh, we come back. No spoiler alerts for And Just Like That, but we do have a thought. That's good. (laughs) Have a thought. Have a thought, yeah. We'll we'll be back. Also, just quickly, you guys, uh, Fantasy Island is coming back for season two next year. It is. And there's a holiday special that is is. on tonight. That's what it was. And it's uh, it's all about Fantasy Island. You can check that out. Now, let's take a look at your My Talk traffic here. All right. I got to interrupt the singing right now because we have a half hour left for people to find your host on a post, yours truly, it's me. Just go to the Shop Girls page and scroll over to the corner, and that's me. <laughs> Click on it, get your email in. I'm just trying to get a flood of last minute Love people. It. Making people happy. Yeah, making people happy, mm-hmm. giving them a lottery ticket right now. But of course, if you're driving, it's going to be difficult to do this. But this is true. I feel like a lot of people cut out of work early on Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah, Lori. Or even go to work on. I, just, even go to I think we should. We need to sign. You know how they do those national petitions on silly things. Yeah, I think we need to sign one that everyone in the United States of America should get off the week between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, Julia, that's not going to happen. But I like uh, my idea. It's you like your idea. idea, but people have businesses to run and things like that. We have to be practical. Okay, we're not going to Norma Ray on that one. I like it though, yeah, Lori. Okay. If I did it, everyone would be love right. me though. Okay, we're not so, going to Norma Did you find Lori? Yeah, it's so easy. I'm right there on the Shop Girls page. Oh, wait, where are you, Lori? On the wait, Shop Girls page. Wait, what? Is it a whole set of posts? A whole where? set of posts. Okay, so 
And just like that, which We're is the remake of Sex and the City or the continuation of the ladies 20 years older, and it's called And Just Like That. And um, the fourth episode aired. I have not seen it, and I'm avoiding spoilers. Okay. I'm four in. And you I'm watched gonna, it today already. Oh yeah, I watched it oh. already this morning. Okay. Um, and just like that, they've ruined Sex in the City. <laughs> you think so, Laura? That is going to be the cry uh, for for the show. You heard it first here. I, I don't know. I don't recognize these women. Well, that's an interesting thing. Okay, I don't so- recognize any of these women. And one of the things that... I don't know if you... We're not going to spoil the episode. No, I'm not going to spoil. There's, there, listen, it's just gr- it's grim, and the women have become a bunch of Karens, particularly well, that, Miranda and, and, and Charlotte. I don't I recognize these women. I thought that was an interesting women. thing to say because they were so progressive. They, she, Miranda specifically, she was an attorney. She was a ball buster, you know, go-getter. I mean... She was the career-minded one of them all. The other ones, well, PR, they were all they career-minded. Were all. But, I mean... But she was savvy. Just, and for her to be putting her foot in her mouth as much as I've seen on the first three is kind of shocking. I don't like any of the new people that they've introduced. Maybe, maybe, maybe one. It feels like everybody, like each of the ladies, has been assigned a person of color to be their friend or like right. whatever to make up for the fact that Sex and the City was such a white, white, white show. Sure. You know? But I don't know. I just, it is so, it is just so relentlessly. Well, that makes me sad. Not I haven't fun. seen this one. All right. Not fun. It's just, there's a you little. You think there was too much a, hype? No, you know what? I'm, I'm wondering if Candace Bushnell is right. So she gave an interview because she's doing this one woman show in New York and she tested positive for COVID. So it's not happening right now, but mm-hmm. she did an interview with the cut because she has an interesting career. You know, she writes this column uh, for the Observer, the New York Observer, Sex in the City, mm-hmm. it becomes. Then she makes all of her essays into a book. Darren Star options it. Yep, and it you know the rest is history. Yeah, and, and then she writes a couple more books. Oh, she's written like sixteen yeah, books. Yeah, yeah, and um, but she said um, she said on all she she was asked are all women on TV written by men? And she said pretty much. And the first thing that men do in writing is categorize women into types. That's how you sell things. You put it in a package. And um, because she calls, like she has put men in categories. She called modelizers, um, toxic bachelors, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, she said, she said, yeah, she said, it's just that, you know, she was asked about, you know, basically the writing that's happening on Sex and the City. And I do wonder what, and just like that, would be like if Michael Patrick King, who was the head writer, had his Chandra. six original writers, uh, yeah. Cindy Shupak, yeah. the the women writers from back then, yeah. writing these women. Because I don't know, the only writer that I recognize is Michael Patrick sure. King. I would agree. I don't know. Who these women are i really don't and i find uh i, I don't i don't really uh i don't i just don't understand what is going on with that, that show and then it made me think and also the huffington post it made them think i was absolutely devastated 
um, I watched this show called The Carrie Diaries. I know you did. On the CW, and it was on for two wonderful years, starring Anna Sophia Robb. And um, Austin Butler was in it, and that was when Austin Butler was, you know, really just kind of... Um, An unknown. He had iCarly yeah. and Hannah Montana, and he dated Vanessa Hudgens, but he was sort of the newest heartthrob in young Hollywood. And it was uh, premiered in January 2013, and it was a prequel to uh, Sex and the City, a show... You know, about her, it was Candace Bushnell wrote the book. In 2010, yeah. 2010, and so it was set in 1984, and it was the young Carrie Bradshaw, and we see her in her last year of high school, and the second season she moves to Manhattan, and it was just wonderful, and you could see it had, it was so forward in how it dealt with, you know, because everyone was seniors in the first year of high school, and it was wonderful how they all came to grips with their not being virgins anymore and the way they handled all of it was just so it felt like it Candace Bushnell is not involved in just like that oh right and we you can feel, feel it and none of the original female writers that stayed with this show the whole time yep. are involved in the show just Michael Patrick King mm-hmm. I just say if you were disappointed in just like that and you never got to watch the Carrie Diaries it is a amazingly wonderful show about adolescence, sisterhood, and sexuality. Right. And we see the young Carrie Bradshaw at 18, 19, 20, and, it's, and then it got canceled. It got canceled, By I the know. CW, but you can watch The Carrie Diaries on Peacock. Yeah. And it's, it's so good. I, You know, one of the things um, a couple people, you know, that I really love about it, and just like that, is I love that they're, these are women... Our age, whose faces move, whose every, you know, they look like they're their age. But the part I hate about it is they keep talking about their age. And I think about you and I, and we're their age, and um, how we don't spend all of our time talking about what a 55-year-old woman would do or what a 58-year-old woman would do. It, it, it isn't, it's not like where our headspace is. And, and I think that's the unfortunate... That- what I, the gay guy writers are thinking that that's what women spend their time doing, or are they just stuck in a rut? I I don't know what is going on over there. Because that's the thing about it is that we don't, you know, that's not. I don't wake up every day and think, oh, what should a fifty-eight-year-old woman do today? Yeah, I shouldn't be saying that or acting like that. You know, I, that's just not the top of mind thing. And I feel like that's what's holding back these characters a little bit is the obsession with age. Because they're being, who's ever writing for them is writing crap. Mm-hmm. And just, only once in a while, a di- you know, a little I like miss, a Carrie. I miss the good one-liners and I miss uh, the zings and I miss the making yes. fun of themselves. And, yes. and everyone says how much they hated the second Sex in the City movie when they went to Dubai. Like I'm telling you, either. if you go back and watch it, Lori, I just watched it recently. Yeah, it will like make it? you pee your pants All laugh. Right. Well, again, Samantha's the funny one. I mean, and she's going through perimenopause, and she's absolutely hysterical. The lines are so funny. Yeah. And, and Carrie Bradshaw being like this prudish sidekick on a sex podcast being led by, uh, what's her name? Sarah Gomez. Um, or Sarah Ramirez. I wouldn't listen to that podcast, podcast no. if you paid me. Well, it and looks, by the way, we're a podcast. Yeah, people just remind you. Right, but it looks so. It looks so it does. bad. Not funny at all. Why would Carrie Bradshaw have to be a sidekick on a podcast? Why wouldn't she be giving 
sex in the city well, it's advice. Different. It's it's kind of you brought up something interesting that it's it's because like in a sound or a rhyme sing like Bridgerton and you know all of her other wonderful things that she wrote and I can't think of the one that we love so much about Olivia Pope. Oh, but, Scandal. Scandal, yeah. which was so wonderfully written for a female. I mean, these are really strong female characters that we know. They have and not done, to give them yeah. a little more love. I'm no. with you. I still am enjoying it. I haven't watched the latest episode Enjoyment today. is a strong word. <laughs> Enjoyment is well, a I don't strong want, word. Here's, here's where I put it. It's like, to me, I don't want to taste it until after work where you can really enjoy it. So I don't want to watch it for work in the morning. But it's just not that enjoyable. I, you ask yourself if you enjoyed I watching, tell you. watching the, 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 the I, I don't know, to me, Do you the think reboot this- that, that, that was so good, that explained so much, okay. that gave you insight was the Carrie Diaries. Right. And I was expecting so much from my... Friends that I've watched over and over yeah, yeah, yeah. and all of that. And now I'm like, who are these women? Right. No wonder Samantha isn't friends with any of these <laughs> ladies. I wouldn't be either. <laughs> well, I think that this, Grant, you might want to isolate this and put yeah. it on our page because this is a good conversation. I mean, it really, talking about where the writing for women is at with who's, yeah, it's it's not clever and fresh and it's not female centric. No, not all right at there. All. It's really there. We've making, solved that problem, it's Grant. It's really making me mad. And there are women that are writing for the show. It doesn't. But it's no women that wrote back in the day. They did not get Cindy Shupak. She's got to be like you know the she, same age as Samantha. She you know, still was writing for 50, Oprah's magazine yeah, last year. I don't know why they didn't get some of those ladies. I wouldn't have a chance now to mail my nipples to this show and get a writer Honest in the writers' God, room to Lori, take the nipples out for you a could spin. if you did a TikTok video. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. I, there's, ah. Uh, All right, there we go. Yeah, Kim, I, Kim Cattrall should be glad that Samantha is staying away from this Well, I, I'm hoping it changes and it turns because I don't want the it to only, go away. Well, I don't want this to be They're getting paid a it. lot of money to say stupid stuff. If I were Miranda, <laughs> I would really be upset. Even Charlotte, she just comes up, blah. It's just, ah. Uh, Never have I been so disappointed. All right, there we go. And with that, yes. when we come back, it's time to Hollywood speak. Well, Julia, I know you don't, you're not a big, huge uh, fan of the Real Housewives of Orange County, but I had peer pressure last night and had to watch the damn thing. Because, Julia, Heather Dubrow is back, and that show needed something. They fired, you know, they fired Tamara. They got rid of Vicky two years ago. Right. They brought back Heather. She's a strong personality. The show ended last night with this. Um, Shannon is apologizing for gossiping about Heather's friend of six years who never confessed to Heather that she'd once sued her husband. So for whatever reason, Heather, instead of being mad at her friend who kept that a secret, is mad at Shannon, uh, you know, for gossiping. So here's here's Heather delivering what she says to Shannon after Shannon gives this apology about I'm sorry for gossiping and I didn't mean to hurt you. And it was quite a health, heartfelt uh, apology. Okay. And so here's what Heather has to say. If you ever come after me or my family ever again, you are going to lose a lot more than just my friendship. And I'm not saying this as a threat. I'm saying it as a promise. Oof. You're so angry. <laughs> that, they, that was Lisa Rinna. 
Okay. Okay. Seriously? So she, her friend Seriously. gives this heartfelt apology. If you she, it wasn't she the soap opera star, so she knows how to deliver lines. She was a soap opera actress. Yes, she, she was. She sounds like she's delivering a uh, few. From uh, young in yeah. the wrestlers. I mean, it sounded like it list, lifted right out of a soap opera because it was so stern. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Compared to what the whole situation is about, and I'm just like, oh, they really told her you need to deliver this season, Heather. You need to have some iconic moments. Well, that was one. It certainly was. My I'm goodness. trying to get. I was. I was scared, and I was just watching it. I'm trying to get their names down. Oh, Julia! I'm not even gonna try. I well, Heather, was, Heather, and and Heather has a ponytail. I know who she is. She's the brunette. I'm a brunette today. You have said nothing about my brunette hair. I'm a brunette, brunette, brunette. Well, I'm gonna Hollywood speak this brunette <laughs> hair. <laughs> you can see it on our Instagram page. You want to be Brenda on Tinder? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you could just be somebody else Joey. i i like this is the darkest hair i've had in since christopher hopkins did my hair like 15, 20, 15 years 16 years ago it yeah. looks great it's dark yeah it looks, it's dark all I right like so it. heather's the only brunette really on the yeah, show though. That's the true. one thing i will say about the housewives of orange county yeah. and i i try not to watch this one I've never got into, ever, ever. But watching it last night compared to seeing, you know, the the all-play trip and the other people, these women have done the least amount of plastics. They look the most normal. Oh, Julia. I think you're, they, you're a newbie. I'm, am Orange I? Orange County. I mean, yeah. they My look, God. They They've, look normal compared to the some of the other casts. At least their lips do. I I'm still can't get over. Every one of them has had their lips done. Every but single no one, of them. one has done their lips like um, Trudisa, Trudisa Judice. That's yeah. Trudisa is combining her name. Yeah. Judy. Moving on. I, I move on. Moving on. Moving on. Let's move on to Ellen Pompeo. Um, Meredith from Grey's Anatomy. That's right. She this week promoting her line of over the counter generic drugs. She told an interviewer <laughs> she was trying because to convince she's a doctor on TV after all. Right. She was trying to convince Shondaland, the producer, and others that the show should end. What year are they in? Nineteen. Okay. And uh, two more seasons would make it an even twenty. Okay. And um, she doesn't care i guess about all the sh- she does this every no every december so what'd she do she begins her annual insulting public contract i want to raise negotiations like i don't know why this show is still on the air it should be over she yes. says that yeah she's either leaving grays or the show should end she says all these things and last year she spent the whole entire year in a covid coma Entertaining dead friends at the beach while she probably the other, got paid a lot of money to be in that coma. She makes five hundred and seventy-five k an episode, and they do like a lot, a lot. 
Roger Freeman said, let her go. Let her go somewhere else. Bring back Patrick Dempsey's as oh, no dream's twin brother. You could bring back Katherine Heigl. No they kidding. They want to get to a need 20. He said, how much more? I say, how much more can we, can we make Ellen Pompeo yeah, suffer? Exactly. Okay, can I just... We, she wants to suffer $750,000 Well, can I just say something? Because I talked to um, my sister, the older one, uh, yesterday, who is... Both of my sisters still watch Grace. Mm-hmm. You and I dropped out so many years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, they do live in Montana, and they barely <laughs> know how to know what Netflix is. So this is not surprising. This is, Grant, <laughs> this is our this is our family. She's judging. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You're not the it's poker player. So anyway, it's true. so anyway, but it's true. Um, but so anyway, she said. When, you know, because they did their, you know, their Chris, they're on the Christmas break or something. So it won't come on for a little while. She said she, if people would have seen how hard she was crying, they would have thought someone had died. Mm. She was that, that show still moves her that much. Both of them. Yeah. Boy. Again, they they, they haven't had a lot of practice crying at any other show. So this is all familiar. You know, familiar people. She's been crying. They've been crying together for... 17 years. It's so funny. I mean, we'd probably be that way. We'd be that way if This Is Us went on for that much longer. It's ending. Because if we cry every week at that show. I love crying for This Is Us. You get very bonded with the shows you cry with. I love to cry. Yeah. I don't have one except for This Is Us that we cry at. Thank goodness. That's enough. You've got sappy songs in real life to make you cry. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. That's enough. This is Lori sharing her feelings. Right. (laughs) That's enough of those. Move on. Remember when (laughs) Tiffany Haddish and Common broke up and we were sad and I I said. You did. I called it. I said, he doesn't want to have a family. He doesn't want to be committed. He's very outspoken. He's a lifelong bachelor. Yeah. She was very outspoken about wanting children. Well, she was on a podcast and she was asked about the common and saying, oh, that's too bad you guys broke up because of your busy schedules. Right. And she said, I was disappointed to hear him say that. I was very disappointed. I was like, oh, okay, that's not what you told me, but okay. Ooh. And then, well, what did Common say? And she said, well, that's between us. Absolutely. But then she goes on to say. Maybe this is what he said. <laughs> she said, um, I miss him. I miss him from time to time. But with any relationship, you're going to miss them. But I'm fine with it. It's cool. Well, Common might not be the type of person that really settles with somebody. And is like a bee going from flower to flower. Oh, okay. wandering bee. Yeah, that's too bad. He doesn't want to. Yeah. He likes being in a committed she thing. She liked him. She really liked she him. She was in he, love. He loved her more than she loved him. I mean, or she, the opposite. Yeah. And he didn't want to. Settle down. Yeah, maybe he likes dating someone really great for two years, and then he does have move to on. move on to another lady, another person. I thought they were so cute. They That's, were so cute. They were so cute. This is they were the COVID lovers. You know, lovers. they met. You know, they went on a bumble, bumble date at the beginning of the Did pandemic. They really? Yeah. So August of twenty twenty, and. Yeah. Um, you was know. sad. I I thought that they were a cute couple. But that's what that means. All right. You know yep. he he and we kind of thought that at the time. 
Okay, Sandra Bernhardt. You did. I didn't. You didn't? No, oh. I... Well, we did. We both said she she's very outspoken about wanting kids. Yeah. And she he, wants to buy an apartment yeah. building. She does the kids show. She likes kids. Sandra Bernhardt was on a, a show. <gasps> Thank you for bringing yeah. this up, Lori. She was on a show and asked about the couple, like, used to be really good friends with Madonna for, like, yes, three years. Yes, she was. And she said, well, I guess we did have a real friendship, but it's hard for somebody like her. She doesn't really want someone around who reflects too much of who she is. Therefore... Her relationships don't last. Yep. Um, she doesn't want she, honesty. She doesn't want to be around anybody her own age. No, that too. <laughs> Basically that too. But she doesn't it. want honesty. Yeah. She can't handle the truth. Oh, boy. Because when right. you date, when you're around people... Th- oh, she was in truth up. or dare. We got to go.